Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to our episode of For the Love of Books 2021. This is a team friendship podcast, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Hello, friends. And Mandalay. What up, friends? And we are just going to have a relaxed podcast where we're talking about some of our favorite books from the year. We obviously, if you can look back, have not been... Uh, recording very often. It's been a crazy year, which I'm sure you probably can relate. Uh, but we just wanted to get on here and say hi to you guys and um, just share some of our book love from the year. So are you ladies ready to start? I'm ready. All right. All right. The first book I would like to talk about is called Out of the Pocket, Football, Fatherhood, and College Game Day. Oh, I'm excited to hear about this one. Interesting. College game day Saturdays. Sorry, I was like, there's more to the title, but this seems a little out of your normal realm. Yes. Okay. So this is by Kirk Herbstreet. He's one of the hosts of College Game Day, which is on Saturdays. And he also commentates a lot of college football games. So this is basically an autobiography or memoir. Uh, of his and I actually a memoir memoir yep <laughs> <laughs> memoir I love those I listened to the audiobook and he he is the narrator of the audiobook and I really I just really you guys I really liked this book a lot and I'm not like super into college football but my husband is he's a big Ohio State fan like college football during the fall is like it's almost like a religious thing for him. Like he puts it on the calendar. Like he what if he can, he watches the game. Like the only reason he wouldn't be able to is if he's working or something. But so I, you know, I've watched casually with him. I don't get like super into it as much as he does, but I, I enjoy it. And I love, I just love kind of that atmosphere of college football and fall and all of the fun things like that. So anyway, I really enjoyed this book. He he just talks about his childhood and he actually attended Ohio State and played football there. And then he talks about how he got into sports broadcasting and he talks about his family. I didn't know. He, he has, I think he has three kids. They're all um, grown and actually in college themselves now. But his, he has twin boys, and they were born premature, and I didn't know that. So that was cool to hear his story. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, and then he has so many, so many fun stories of just, like, behind the scenes for college game day and um, just, I don't know, he has a lot of funny stories. And I would, you know, I would listen to a few chapters, and then I'd 
talk to my husband and be like, oh, yeah, he talked about this. And Michael would be like, oh, yeah. And he'd like send me the YouTube video of the clip. <laughs> and Aww, so that's be fine. So, oh, that's fine. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. So it was like a dual experience for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, if you like if you like memoirs, I highly recommend it, especially the audiobook since he narrates it himself. I just really, I really liked it. So I would say that's Excellent. my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, I'm trying to think. I think that's the only memoir I read this year. <laughs> but it was my favorite. <laughs> of all the memoirs. the one memoir yeah. of Lauren's year. That's awesome. All right, who wants to go next? Um, I can go. All right, Leah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, we should honestly probably just bounce between the two of you <laughs> for no particular reason. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, Leo, share something with us that you've all read right. this year. Well, I actually was shocked, first of all, I just have to say this. I was shocked to go back and see which books I read this year because this year has been like three years, apparently. And I have totally forgotten about all these books I read at the beginning of 2021. So that was kind of a fun surprise. Mm. I guess I could start with kind of, well, it's kind of two books that are a little bit connected. I, My husband and I do foster care, and so I like to research trauma and just how it affects the body and the brain. And it's just, it's crazy to me how far science has come in understanding all of that. Uh, and then how far different medical professionals have come in connecting that to trauma in children and how that affects their behavior. Mm -hmm. And it has been really helpful for me in dealing with our daughter, but also with even with understanding my own reactions to things <laughs> and others' reactions to mm -hmm. things, like knowing friends that have been through certain traumas and then seeing how they react. It's just easier to know how to be there for them. So anyway... All that to say, um, I finished, I may have read it in 2020 as well, but I read it again this year, The Connected Parent by Karen Purvis and Lisa Qualls. And Dr. Karen Purvis really kind of, I would say, started this movement of knowing how to parent well kids that have come from really difficult situations. And trauma doesn't always have to be foster care. It could be lots of different things. But that book was very helpful for practical tips, but also teaching you a little bit about how the brain works, how certain kids live in a different area of their brain more often. Uh, and so it puts mm -hmm. them in fight or flight. It puts them uh, with racing heartbeats, on irrational responses, which sometimes can be difficult with kids. Like our daughter is three. And so you don't like three-year-olds aren't known for being very rational, <laughs> but right. certain situations you can kind of tell it's coming from a different place. But, and then I'm almost through with another book called Securely Attached. And that is by Mike and Kristen Berry. And they kind of apply Dr. Purvis's method and talk about their own experience as foster parents and how they've applied this method and how it's changed them. But also, um, they just kind of go into higher, like more detail about different just aspects of childhood trauma and how to help your kiddos. And then, Lauren, I know you have read this book and I am listening to it on audiobook. I've recently gotten back into reading, so it's probably good timing for doing this podcast. I've been reading The Body Keeps the Score 
I don't know how to pronounce the man's name, Bessel van der Kolk. He is a doctor who really was kind of on the cutting edge of the whole trauma, PTSD, all of that kind of movement, because for so long that wasn't even recognized as a real thing. And he kind of addresses how, especially for our soldiers coming back from Vietnam and World War II, like they tried to get PTSD recognized within the VA and they just wouldn't recognize that as a real thing that needed to be treated for all of these soldiers. And it took a lot of time and effort to get that (laughs) recognized as something that very much affects every part of their life coming back. So Right, which is just crazy to me. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah, I think well, he also there was a statistic about mental hospitals and how the the population of the different mental hospitals went down considerably after they started recognizing PTSD, started treating with medications, yep. like realizing how these things actually affect the brain. Which, I mean, you guys know, but like back in the 50s, that whole medical time just really creeps me out. Yeah. Yes. Because if you had the slightest like tinge of being mentally unwell, like they would just take you away. Yep. And zap you with electricity. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many things. Anyway, so that genre is incredibly interesting to me. And yes. I would say all those books. Yeah, this was so unexpected. A a topic that I can discuss when I've not read what you've read. See, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's super interesting. I've I've recently, this is a personal note, but I recently started counseling again, mainly because I have extreme anxiety driving because I was in a car accident a few years ago. And I'm just like, I'm tired of living this way. Like, I need to drive. (laughs) Like, I can't be scared of driving. And and that was one of the things my counselor said. She was like, you have PTSD. Mm-hmm. She was like, trauma, when you go through trauma, it changes your brain and it is a physical mm-hmm. injury. Yes. She says it actually shrinks your brain. Mm-hmm. It permanently changes yes. your brain. And it can be fixed. Yes. Which is awesome. Because the brain is just so cool like that. The brain is amazing. But she was explaining all that to me, and I was like, that, that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> just based on how I'm feeling, you know? So, yeah, I actually I actually started that book, The Body Keeps the Score. I never finished it's it. On it's on my list. A lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I'm doing it on audiobook for some reason. Books yeah, like that help. That. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Because if you actually get the physical copy of the book, it's it's there's it's like tiny words and a lot yep. of pages, so... <laughs> And that's, um, I finished another book I saw this year that's, I had started last year. It's Why We Sleep, and I'm not seeing it on my list right now. They totally rearranged everything. Yes, I, I started that one Oh, I think you, last year I too, think you and I never finished it. guys have talked about this one before, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, I think I added it to my list too. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's by Matthew Walker, and I would say that that kind of also goes hand in hand because sleeping is a way that your brain heals that totally rewires your brain while you're sleeping um, those connections that are formed in the daytime are like solidified or things are thrown away while you're sleeping yes. so it's just all of these things like if you don't get a kid who's 
been through trauma, going through trauma, if you if they're not getting good sleep, mm-hmm. it is so dangerous <laughs> to their little brains. And good sleep, good diet, being staying hydrated, all those things give those kids just a little bit of a step forward mm-hmm. <laughs> in handling all the other issues. But like you were saying, Lauren, with PTSD and triggers, your body just physically reacts and you can't mm-hmm. stop it. Yep. And and what in the um the book I'm currently reading, they were talking about how some of their kids as they get older and more aware and more, you know, personally they're trauma informed about what their trauma is like, what their triggers are. The triggers still happen <laughs> just because they have had a safe place they've grown up they've matured they have healed doesn't mean that some of those physical reactions don't go away they just are a little bit better equipped to deal with them and to recognize when it's happening which I think is encouraging too because even if you still struggle like the more you can recognize it and deal with it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. it's another form of healing really but it is yeah it's it's very interesting just to to talk about that with other people that have been through trauma and to, I like, I'm one of those people and you, I think you guys are too, but I just love deep conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. like small talk. I would rather get into the nitty gritty of my life and someone else's life and just like lay it all out there. Like that to me is exciting. (laughs) Sometimes it's a, it's a little abrasive to some people in my life that I meet. They're like, Oh, we're, we're just going to go straight there. huh? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) But it's been cool. Like to talk to some of my friends and be like, no, this, like that was a real trauma. Mm-hmm. here's what your body is doing like this is all yeah. normal like don't feel like you're crazy don't feel like you're yeah. losing your mind like the yes. this is how god made our bodies like don't right. worry yeah. about it <laughs> like get your help like don't feel like you can't get get it fixed but like you're not crazy <laughs> like well exactly we're all crazy that's what i love about like reading stuff like this and learning about stuff like this and obviously i we, all three of us have gone through our own traumas just something about learning about how it works and mm-hmm. what you can do for it and all like it's just all very interesting to me and it just I I yeah like you said Leah it's it's for so long I have felt like I'm crazy but you're mm-hmm. not crazy you just have had things that have happened to you that have changed you from your quote unquote normal you but that doesn't make you yeah. crazy. It's just a change that you need right. to recognize and sort of figure out how to, I you know, cope with it and stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I can word it better probably if I wasn't put on the spot, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so true because like once you figure out, like for me, for example, once I figured out what was triggering me, now I can take that and fix it. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and not everything is fixable like like for me it was a car accident and so for me the things that trigger me are brake lights Mm -hmm. stop lights and then if I'm you know in a similar situation to what was happening when the accident happened so uh, but it was funny to me because I just I just recently figured out that brake lights trigger me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like 
oh right <laughs> and like i'm like no wonder i'm so like tense every time i drive because yeah. you see brake yeah, lights you can't all avoid the time. brake lights yep. <laughs> no but now that i know that like we can you know like working with my counselor like we can do something about it now yep we can figure this out and so it's it's helpful to me it gives me hope yes. <laughs> a little yeah, bit you know for sure so that was my trauma slash mental health category i guess <laughs> i love it nice love I like it. it i like categories I like i've taken a psychology class so you know i'm brilliant now oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm also psychotic myself so <laughs> right that's really what makes us the experts really we're crazy <laughs> i like it <laughs> yes Well, Mandy, would you like to share a book with us or something? I, I don't really have, honestly, really the books that I read were the ones that obviously I read with you guys. I did sort of get into poetry, but like I don't have a specific book that I read. It was just kind of like stuff that I would stumble across and things like that. So I can't give like a specific book for people to read, but I do highly recommend poetry for the uh for the soul (laughs) poetry is nice it is and there's like so there's so many like i guess genres of poetry yeah um so there's just like something for anything that you could be needing and i really enjoyed that i enjoyed finding stuff to read it was you know it's kind of like I mean, I don't mean to equate poetry to the Bible, but it's kind of like finding a little something that you would read, like, you know, if you're reading the Bible, just a little tidbit of something that you can just kind of hold on to, depending on, you know, whatever it is that you're reading or what you're going through or something like that. Poetry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just find a few lines. Right. Exactly. And it just gives you something that you can meditate on and keep Mm -hmm. with you um throughout the day or the week and so i guess that is the wisdom from mandy for this uh for the love of your cat yeah uh she is let me uh take care of that (laughs) she's like i have something to say (laughs) that is the song of jane she's writing her own poetry right now I've actually been reading all of Mandy's books. <laughs> that's not that's not funny. <laughs> One moment. Okay. The next book I would like to talk about is called What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And Leah also read this book. Yes, I did. So this is about a woman. She hits her head at the gym. And when she wakes up, she thinks she is 10 years younger. So she's actually 39 years old, but she thinks she's 29. She thinks she is newly married and pregnant with her first child. But she's actually 39 years old. 
She has three kids, and she's in the middle of a divorce. Wow. Yeah. And I really, really liked this book because the whole time it's told from, well, it's told from her perspective, but then you also get some chapters from her sister's perspective. Mm -hmm. So the whole time you're just trying to figure out like what happened? Like, because in her mind, she's, she's like madly in love with her husband and excited about having their first child. And so you're like, how did she get from there to where she is now getting a divorce? And so you're just trying like, like her to put the pieces together. And I just, I just really liked it. What what were your thoughts on it, Leah? Yeah, it was such an interesting concept too. And several different things she, she realizes right away are off. Like she in her, when she's like 29, even, I mean, she thinks she's pregnant, but also just in that time of her life, she was a little overweight. She was never like skinny mm-hmm. or fit. And she wakes up and her body is like really toned, really fit. She finds out she works out all the time. And mm-hmm. then she talks to her husband and he has like venom <laughs> like spewing at her. Right. And then like when she goes home, she has to meet her kids, which was so crazy. Like she doesn't know these kids and she's trying to figure out like how to interact with them and take care of them. And so all of those things were kind of funny and interesting. Just that perspective of, you know, certain things in her life are really good compared to before, but she's lost a lot of the things that really matter to her. Hmm. And there's also some mystery with her sister, like something had happened. And so you're trying to figure out like this big life event happened and then her sister had a big life event. And so you're trying to figure out how they got where they are. And I think it was really helpful also to just put some stuff in perspective. And like, for me, like thinking about, I don't know, things that have changed and what's really important. That was kind of, I don't know. I, I really liked the perspective that they came at it. And then just yeah. the different relationships that even though things were different, like those relationships still kind of held strong. But it was, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It was one of those books that I just had to keep. I think I might have listened to it. It's one of those books that I would like sit longer in the car when I got home because I want to know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to check this one out. Yeah, it's it's really, I really liked it. So does it have a happy ending? Mm, Great. I think so. I don't want to say. Oh, no spoilers <laughs> from Lauren. Yeah. It's really I, good. I just though. it's a really good book and it's enjoyable. And I gave it 4 stars. Ooh, which high is praise really good. from the Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. High praise, Lauren. Yeah. Wow. All right, well I've added it to my want to read list. Okay, so the next book, which is actually a series that we're going to talk about is the American Royals series by Catherine McGee. And Lauren introduced these books to me. The premise is, what if America had a royal family? So when America won the Revolutionary War, its people offered General George Washington a crown. That is true. What if he would have said yes to that? So this is two and a half centuries later, and the House of Washington still sits on the throne. So as we're introduced to this royal family, Um, You have the king and queen, and then they have three kids. 
Princess Beatrice is going to be the next queen. She's going to be the first queen of America. And um, then Beatrice has twin younger siblings, Samantha and Jefferson. So Beatrice is out of high school, right? She's already been to college. Yeah. Samantha and Jefferson are both still in high school, right? I think they're in... I think yeah. they're, they're still, yeah, in, they're high still school. in high school. Okay. Which is yeah. weird because I don't know. I They just seem older, but then they're in high school. So you are following Princess Beatrice as she is realizing, you know, the crown is a heavy, heavy thing. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, as they say. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And then you're following Princess Samantha, who is kind of the... Um, what is his name? Prince Henry of the family. <laughs> is he the bad yeah. guy? Yeah. And then Jefferson, her twin, who is also kind of a Henry. <laughs> They're both mm-hmm. a little bit crazy. Um, They're kind of like, yeah, the crazy, the crazy party. Yes. Party goers, party starters, I guess. <laughs> exactly. I just, I love this concept it is definitely, I think it's in the category called like alternate history or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was just intriguing. The book itself is not the greatest. <laughs> no, it's not. Wow, you just brought down, I had all of this excitement in me and you just no, like brought it down a peg. No, it's just a little cheesy. It's, it's cheesy. I I would compare it to... I would compare it to Gossip Girl. Oh, so there's yeah, minus all of the naughty stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I never. I've watched like maybe like two or three episodes of Gossip Girl. I've never watched the whole thing, and it's mostly because there's just a lot of inappropriateness. Yes, we must going keep on. And so the reputation pure. Honestly, I'm when I was Gossip reading Girl. this book, okay. <laughs> Honestly, when I was reading this book, I was I just kept waiting for that kind of stuff to happen because they they kind of lead you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if the author wanted to, she could have done that. Yeah, but thankfully she doesn't. Mm. Um, everything is PG thirteen in this book. So, so more of like a Princess Diaries type thing, like a PG thirteen Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries right. was PG thirteen. It's it's. I think Princess Diaries is more family friendly. Okay. Okay. So you think anyway, Princess Diaries is like PG? Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's PG 13, Mandy. Okay. All right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway. So this book, here's my beef with this book. You get to the end of the book, and there is like no resolution mm-hmm. and there is a sequel i was gonna say isn't there more books but there is and but it just made me really mad because i was just like well now now i have to read the next book because i want to know what happens even though this book just wasn't really the greatest but i just need to know what ha- what's going to happen you know <laughs> and so <laughs> i did what's the i forget the title of the next book but majesty um, Okay, Majesty. I felt like the next book was actually better than the first book. Mm-hmm. And you do get some resolution at the end. 
when I finished that book, I didn't know that there was going to be another book. There is a third book coming out. So when I finished the second book, I thought, okay, she ended it with some resolution, but also left some stuff open to where if there's another book, she could keep going. So. Well, and I think she was able to develop some more of the characters in the second book. So that was mm-hmm. kind of helpful. And mm-hmm. I definitely, it's not, it's not like highbrow literature, but I definitely got sucked into the world and I wanted to know what happened to the characters. So in that sense, it was you know, a well-written story, I guess, because yeah. it made me want to know what happened. And yeah. it's a very easy listen. So if you just want something to like give you a bit of an escape and kind of ease you into reading, this is a great series for that. That's kind of what it did for me, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So sort of a uh, royal twilight. So kind of. And I mean, a little, yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So they also talk about, so you have Princess Samantha and Prince Jefferson, and both of them have like commoner best friends. And so that's kind of a fun perspective too, because you see what it's like in real America with the royals, but then you also see the royal family. And it's kind of that like Meghan Markle kind of idea, which is intriguing mm-hmm. to everyone that like a commoner gets pulled into the royal family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that side of it was very intriguing as well. And you have a really great antagonist that kind of keeps things interesting. So I'm gonna I, I'm excited to read the next book. It's coming out May of, what did they say? May 31st, 2022 is the expected publication date. So in and the that will be called Rivals. Mm-hmm. there's you're lacking excitement in that noise lauren i mean i'm gonna read it but i'm not happy about it i feel like these books are like torture for you (laughs) i I enjoyed reading them it just made me the first book made me mad i don't like it when you manipulate your readers and that's what she did and i'm i'm just forever gonna be upset with her about it (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I have to how read many these books, books has but this I'm not going to like it. And it also feels like she is right. It's it's like the author is writing these books like she wants it to be turned into a TV show. Like, you don't I mean, do you understand? It's like, like crying out vibe. for a TV show. Yeah, like it's just like Yeah. So, apparently this Catherine McGee is a New York Times bestselling author of the Thousandth Floor series. I have not read those. Um, she studied English and French literature at Princeton and has an MBA from Stanford. So she's no dummy. No, and I don't think the book is poorly written. I, I don't think that at all. I think it's well written and yeah, good plots, all of it. It's just you don't like the way she can manipulate you. Yeah, yeah, she just she just left me hanging in the first book with no resolution, and I just don't appreciate that. She's a really fancy website. I'm interested about this. Well, she went to Princeton. Towering. You get fancy websites. Oh, it's like a futuristic series. The Towering Sky is the last book. Hmm. Maybe there's more books that I might check out, maybe. Apparently, it is... 
<laughs> the lux lives of Manhattan's elite are even more extraordinary in Catherine McPhee- McGee's futuristic, highly addictive pa- page turner. The thousandth floor will give you vertigo and leave you eager for more. This mm. is from the best-selling author of Gossip Girl. <laughs> That's well, funny. Well, there you go. <laughs> Apparently, they are <laughs> in the same genre. Yeah, that you see. That's see? really funny. I'm glad I read that. <laughs> That is funny. Well, I will have to check that out. I really like young adult fiction. I just mm-hmm. it that most young adult fiction is page turners for me, mm-hmm. and I I like that especially if I'm like trying to get out of a slump. You know. Yes, so. you can count on the YA. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else to say about that? I I just want to give praise to the author. For putting my sister through so much agony. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those books where you get to the end and you throw the book. <laughs> Excellent. I'll have to tweet like, her. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Another book that Leah and I actually both read this year was Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Yes. I really... Yeah. It's probably my favorite book of the year. Ooh, high praise. I would agree with that. Yeah. So he is just a brilliant author. (laughs) I don't know. So good. Might be an overused statement, but... I really haven't read anything he's written that hasn't made a home in my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. characters, the storylines, like they just stick with you. And he, I, I like, I don't understand. He has such insight into human nature, relationships, like, I don't know. And this book was just, I just loved it so much. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read the Goodreads some synopsis. Synopsis. Mm-hmm. The synopsis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of the anxious people here. This is, what they, this is what they have to say about it. A poignant, charming novel about a crime that never took place. A would-be bank robber who disappears into thin air and eight extremely anxious strangers who find they have more in common than they ever imagined. Looking at real estate isn't usually a life-or-death situation, but an apartment open house becomes just that when a failed bank robber bursts in and takes a group of strangers hostage. The captives include a recently retired couple who relentlessly hunt down fixer-uppers to avoid the painful truth that they can't fix up their own marriage. There is a wealthy banker who has been too busy making money to care about anyone else and a young couple who are about to have their first child but can't seem to agree on anything, from where they want to live to how they met in the first place. Add to the mix an 87-year-old woman who has lived long enough not to be afraid of someone waving a gun in her face, a flustered but still ready-to-make-a-deal real estate agent, and a mystery man who has locked himself in the apartment's only bathroom, and you've got the worst group of hostages in the world. 
So yeah, it's a really good book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just here we have a group of hostages that all have various mental health issues. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like you get to hear, you get to hear from each of their perspectives, and there's also a police officer who's trying to crack the case Hmm. and yeah it's just it's really good interesting how do you guys discover this stuff uh it this was a new release i think this year or last year Mm -hmm. and i just really like frederick bachman so it was kind of it was kind of like all over the the social medias for a while because everyone was reading it Mm, okay interesting well and he wrote so he wrote a man named a man called Uva. Yes, which you guys have talked about. Right. And that was turned into a movie, which I highly recommend. Are they making that movie with Tom Hanks? They are. When is that supposed to come out? I don't know. But he's perfect for that he part. He is. I like I will just cry the whole time. I, I like I have this weakness for like fragile old men that like just need a hug you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i I think like that book i read that i think i read that did i read that book this year i think you read it quite a bit after i read it maybe yeah i'm i was very late to the game on that one and i loved it Mm -hmm. i loved that book so much so much yeah and then i also read his series called bear town which or at least one of Oh, no, it's just one book, Baritone, which was intense, but also really good. Like, it's about a hockey team. I don't care about hockey, but it's all about just this small town drama, what hockey means. And where is he from? Like, um, Sweden? One of those. Yeah, Sweden. I mean, obviously, hockey in Sweden is a big deal, but in small towns, it kind of sounds like football in texas like that's the kind of obsession Mm -hmm. and so you just see all this drama about their kids being on the team and then something happens and yeah it just it was really really good he made me care about hockey that's impressive i know it's just it's so good i i listened to anxious people on audio and i also listened to a man called uva on audio and the I can't remember the narrator for Anxious People. They were good, though. But the narrator for A Man Called Uva, the version I listened to was J.K. Simmons. Mm. And he he was just great. And he, he sometimes reminds me of Tom Hanks, like mm-hmm. just his voice, not their look. And so when I found out that they're making a movie with Tom Hanks, I was like, oh, he's so perfect. It's perfect. He is perfect. I'm so excited for that. I think the only other book that has really piqued my interest this past year uh, was a book called The Lions of Fifth Avenue. It's written by Fiona Davis, and it's set in 1913. Well, actually, I'm sorry, that's not right. It's one of those um, flash-forward, flashback books. Mm. So 
1913 is the original family, and then 80 years later, in 1993, you're following um, the granddaughter of the main character uh, from the 1913 portions of the book. So you start learning about Laura Lyons and her family. Her husband is the superintendent of the New York Public Library, and their family lives in an apartment in the library. Nice. Yes. Obviously why I chose the book. And they have two children. And Laura is kind of swept into this feminist uprising at the time where she loves her kids. She wants to take care of them, but she also has this passion for journalism and gets accepted into a journalism school. And so she kind of finds herself in like Greenwich Village where they're very like bohemian and um, there's definitely some relationships I wasn't very fond of. So I would just say read it with caution. (laughs) But it was the mystery was very interesting. Just the you see the granddaughter. She now works at the library and essays are going missing and she's wondering like things are going missing from this really important collection of the library and um, everything kind of ends up tying together with a neat little bow but it's just another one of those family dynamic stories where you're seeing all these different relationships how they played out how they affected the next generation and yeah it was it's not based on a true story but there was at the time a family that did live in the library for a little bit so that's kind of interesting I want to live in a library right and that was kind of like I don't know I just love books set in New York and I enjoyed it. The next book I want to talk about is called The Sea in Winter by Christine Day. And the reason I read this book was after we read Walk to Moons... The character in that book had a Native American heritage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to read some books about Native American characters, but books that were actually written by Native American authors, because I just wanted to get that kind of a deeper perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of looked up, you know, books by Native American authors. And so this was one of the books that popped up, and it actually came out this year. And it's about a Native American girl. She's in middle school. This is a middle grade book. She's in middle school. She is a ballerina, but she you learn pretty early on in the book that she has had some sort of leg injury. And so she can't she can't do ballet anymore. And they don't really tell you right away what happened, but you learn that it was kind of just she was messing around before her ballet lessons and it was something stupid and she injured herself. And so she's sort of dealing with this, not only this physical injury, but the mental health aspect of it as well, Mm -hmm. because she, you know, all her, her best friends are, are in her ballet classes and they don't go to the same school. So she doesn't see them at, at regular school. She would only see them at ballet. And so she's kind of like feeling left out now. 
and all you know just all of the things that go along with that and you know and she's in middle school so it's like that's a lot really crazy yeah so but she and her family take a trip on it's like the midwinter break in school so she and her family go on a road trip and she is from let's see what tribe her mom is from one tribe and her stepdad is from another tribe let's see if i can find one of them is macaw and the other one is piscataue but they go on this road trip to just different sites that are important in their heritage where important things have happened and so you get that part of it too and so I just really like it so you just get Native American culture you get this middle schooler who is dealing with not only a physical injury but her mental health aspect of it as well I just thought it was really well written and I think it could be a really important book for middle grade girls and boys to read Hmm. because it gives I I just love books that give kids a voice yes you know because again like not everyone is able to articulate how they're feeling and I just love that this gives kids a voice so I really enjoyed it that sounds interesting another book that I came across on this list that I found, which I can include a a link to the whole list because there's actually, I actually read a bunch of books from the list, um, but I'm not going to talk about all of them. But this one I wanted to talk about, Mandy, because I think you might be interested in it. It's called Sisters of the Never See. It's by Cynthia Smith. And it is basically like a, a retelling of Peter Pan. Go on. Yes. Okay, so... So, in this version, it's actually set in, I think, Oklahoma City instead of New- instead of London. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, you have Lily, Tiger Lily. Yes. She's Native American. And her mom is married to Wendy's dad. So, they're stepsisters. Okay. And Wendy... And her dad, I believe, are from London in the story. That is kind of the the basis of the story. But their parents are fighting and are planning to spend the summer apart. And so... Mm, a time of separation. Yeah. So they're about to be, like, separated. But anyway, so one night, a boy shows up who is Peter Pan. And he basically tricks them into going with him to Neverland. Tricks them. And this Peter Pan reminds me of the Peter Pan from Once Upon a Time. So a little bit more maniacal. Yeah, it's a darker, he's a darker character. Yes. And I I really liked that, hmm. but I don't know if it was appropriate for a middle grade book. You know what I'm saying? Well, that depends on the middle grade child. True. It just, it got really dark in some parts. Anyway, so Mandy, I think you should read it. I think you would like it, actually. Doing it. Adding it to the list. What's it called? Mm -hmm. It's called Sisters of the Never See. Excellent. Yeah. Why did you only give it a three-star rating, Lauren? 
because I thought it was too dark and most honestly for most of the book I was very frustrated and scared. I feel like that isn't really um I feel like that's personal. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Which I that's why I want someone else to read this so I know like if it was just me, you know, cuz we okay, we bring okay. things to books, we bring personal things with that's us true. to the books we read. That so That is true. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, one of the other books I read this year, also an audiobook, it, I believe it's YA. I'm actually not quite sure. Oh, yes, it is YA. It's called Tokyo Ever After. And oh, it's yes. by Emiko <laughs> Jean. And it's another royalty book. So, Izumi Tanaka has never really felt like she fit in. It isn't easy being Japanese American in her small, mostly white, Northern California town. She's being raised by her single mother, and she usually is called Izzy because it's easier. Most people can't pronounce Izumi. So Izzy discovers a clue to her father's identity. She doesn't really know who her dad is. And as things kind of unfold, she finds out that she, um, her dad is the crown prince of Japan. And... So then it's all about her meeting her dad, going into this world that she has no idea how to be in, um, all the ways that she messes up. And um, she also has this really sweet friend group um, back home that's, I just love it. They're they're really cute. They're very supportive and just good friends to her um, and to each other. And then you're kind of going through her relationship with her dad. And I don't know, it, I, I was intrigued by it. I don't know a lot about the Japanese royal family or society or any of that. So yeah, it was kind of fun to dive into that world for a little while. It says it's number one. It says it's part of a series. Oh, there's another one. Guys, Tokyo Dreaming. I need to read this book. I started listening to this on audio and I didn't finish it before I had to send it back to the library and it's very popular. Yeah. So, so I will get it back again. Apparently eventually. May May of 2022 is going to be a busy reading time because the next uh, Tokyo Ever After book comes out in May. Nice. Too. So yeah, that's probably one of the only other books that I actually was into this year. Well, we look forward to hearing about it at the end of next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited that there's another one coming out. I didn't know that. So these, there's two books I want to mention. They are not at all related to each other. The only reason I'm talking about them together is because I am part of the Read Aloud Revival. They have like, she has like a subscription thing where you um, are part of RAR Premium. Yes. You get a lot of things. I've talked about it before. But one of the things they do is Mama Book Clubs. And so these two books I'm going to talk about were two of the Mama Book Club books that we read this year. And the first one is called Lovely War by Julie Berry. And this is a historical fiction book um, that takes place during World War I. But the story is narrated by the Greek gods. 
Interesting. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's, I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was really well written. I thought it was super clever to have the Greek gods narrate it. I just, I just, it's so clever. So Hmm. definitely check it out if you're into the historical fiction. And then the other book we read for Mama Book Club was The Lazy Genius Way by Kendra Adachi. She actually has a podcast called The Lazy Genius. And it's the book is very similar to like, you know, Marie Kondo or things like that. But I love with Kendra, she's she gives like principles and then you take that principle and do with it what like what works for you, basically. So one of her principles is decide once. And she's like, you can take this principle and use it for anything. And so, for example, she says for teacher gifts, she's like, you know, my kids go to school. We have to give teachers gifts like multiple times during the year. Like you have Christmas and then teacher appreciation week and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I decide once what I'm going to get them. She's like, for Christmas, I get them a book. And she's like, it's the same book, (laughs) like for all the teachers. And then for teacher appreciation, I get them a gift card to like Target or something. And like she decides once. And so for me, I was like, oh, that's genius. I'm going to do that for Christmas presents, you know. And so I'm like, decide once, like, okay, the grandparents are all getting this. And that's what Mm -hmm. every year we will get this, you know, type of item or whatever. So yeah, just things like that. And then she also has like, it's called the magic question, which is what... Or what can I do now that will make my life easier later? And you can apply that to so many different things. Right. Like mm-hmm. For me, it was like, okay, I really struggle with eating. I know I need to eat kale. Like, it's good for my body. It helps my hemoglobin. All the, you know, I'm an old lady, so <laughs> I have to think <laughs> about those things. And I'm like, okay, what can I do that will make that easier? It's like, okay, so at the beginning of the week, I'm going to chop up the kale. I'm going to prepare it and I'm going to put it in five little individual containers. That way during the week, I just pull out the container and eat my lunch, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's just things like that. And so I just found it to be a super helpful book. I actually listened to the audiobook version of it and she narrates it herself, which she does a good job. She's a podcaster, so she does a good job. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. The Lazy Genius Way by Kendra Adachi. But she's also on Instagram and gives tips on there. And she also has a podcast and there's just a lot of different helpful episodes. So anyway, those two books I wanted to mention. I like it. My last <laughs> couple of books are children's books. So oh, your first, last couple? Well, this... There's a bunch of books I'm going to talk about, but it's all by the same author. And I, I've, he's a new author to me. His name is Ben Hatkey. And I actually found him because of the Read Aloud Revival. We read a book of his called Nobody Likes a Goblin. It's a picture book, and it is one of the cutest books I've ever read. Aww. Hmm. So definitely check it out. It is so cute. I love it. And then I found out that he has graph- some graphic novel series. So if your kids are into graphic novels, Nora is just, she loves graphic novels. Like, that's her jam right now. And Love she it. will just, she just devours them. And so he has one series called Mighty Jack. 
and another series called Legends of Zeta the Space Girl, and they're both super cute. I think I've heard of Mighty Jack. Yeah, you've heard of it? I think so. It sounds familiar. Yeah. He does the illustrations, and he's just, it's so good. Such good illustrations. But probably my favorite books of his are the Julia's House books. There's three of them. They're picture books. The first book is called Julia's House for Lost Creatures. The second book is Julia's House Moves On. And then the last book is Julia's House Goes Home. They are so cute and so sweet. So, yeah, just they're so good, you guys. (laughs) Well, I will be requesting these. Yeah, they're so good. I I want we actually purchased Nobody Likes a Goblin, so we own that one, but I want to purchase the Julia's House books cuz they are just so sweet and just you can tell he's into things like Dungeons and Dragons and Lord of the Rings because a lot of the characters he draws um for his these those stories, uh, Nobody Likes a Goblin and the Julia's House books, um you can just there's a lot of nods to those things so i can appreciate those things yes yes (laughs) and the very last book i want to talk about is it's called the beatrice prophecy by kate DiCamillo. Mm -hmm. you guys this is probably my favorite children's book i read this year it it's so it's so good you guys it's so good so I would say that this book is like I would describe it as like medieval fantasy. Hmm. So basically the the premise of this book is there's this prophecy. I'm going to read the the book starts out with the prophecy. I'm going to read the prophecy. All right, here's the prophecy. The prophecy says, "It is written in the chronicles of sorrowing that one day there will come a child who will unseat a king. The prophecy states that this child will be a girl. Because of this, the prophecy has long been ignored. And then as you get into this story, you find out that women and children, and most common people, but specifically women and children, are it's against the law for them to know how to read or write. Hmm. And you meet this little girl... And she has, for some reason, lost her memory. All she knows is her name is Beatrice. But you find out that she can read and write. Hmm. And anyway, it's just so good. Uh, She's discovered by a monk. He finds her and she's very ill and he nurses her back to health. And when he finds out that she can read and write, he's like terrified because like... He's just really scared, like, she's, this is against the law, and if the king finds out, he's going to kill her, and there's also a goat in this book. There's always animal characters in Kate's books, and of course, there's one in this book, and this goat is named Answelica, and she's very ornery, and all the monks think she's a demon, because she's, like, <laughs> constantly headbutting them and biting them, but for some reason, she is very kind to Beatrice, and is very protective of Beatrice. There's also some illustrations throughout this book and they're done by Sophie Blackall. I don't know if you guys have read any of her books. She, um, probably the most popular of her books is the lighthouse book. Have you guys read that? No. 
If Wait, that's which one? good. It's called The Lighthouse Book. I think I did read it. I think that's what it's called. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. It's a picture book. Mm-hmm. No, I did read that. It won an award, right? Yes. Oh, sorry. It's called Hello Lighthouse, not The yes, Lighthouse. Yes, yes, I did read that. Hello Lighthouse. It's so she Sophie Blackall did the illustrations for this book mm-hmm. and they're really good. Um, but yeah, I read this book myself and I'm now reading it out loud to Nora because it's just so, it's just such a, it's Katie Camillo, you guys. I mean, I don't, Mm -hmm. that's all I really needed to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, but it's honestly, it's unlike anything of hers that I've ever read. I mean, it has all of the Kate stuff, you know, it has the Kateness in it. But it's just so different than anything yeah. else that she's ever written. But it's so good. So, hmm. yeah. The Beatrice Prophecy. Check it out. Doing it. Maybe. <laughs> it's it's kind of a quick read, too. I don't like to commit, you know. Yeah. Are you guys currently reading anything? Leah, what are you reading? So I'm still finishing up one of those trauma books I mentioned at the beginning. Um, but I'm also reading a Christmas book. We were at the library and my daughter was admiring this Christmas book setup, but it was the adult fiction. And she helped me pick out this cute little book. It's got a snow globe on the cover. So I thought, I'll give it a try. It's called Christmas by Accident by Cameron Wright. And I'm really enjoying it. I read a Christmas book last year. I can't remember what it was. It was a cheesy, you know, rom-com kind of Christmas book. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is the same thing. It seems like it's pretty clean. It's very pg it has lots of fun Christmas references and, of course, like the the sad story. It's this girl who is uh, running a bookstore. It's her uncle's bookstore and um, he has this secret that he's keeping from her. And But he's also been sick and so she is going to the hospital to check on him and she gets in a car accident and her insurance adjuster happens to be this guy his name is carter cross isn't that such a great fiction name (laughs) Um, he is her insurance adjuster and finds a picture of her in her car and kind of like gets this weird like interest in her every time he writes the claims for these accidents he's like a wannabe wannabe fiction writer and so he's always like before the car spun uncontrollably into the tree, she smiled to herself. It like goes on and on. So you're just following you're following his story and her story, and obviously they cross paths, and it's just cute. There's these quirky characters that work at the work at the bookstore, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think I'm about halfway through, and it's just a nice, fun. It's like reading a Hallmark Christmas movie, you know? Nice. <laughs> What's it called again? 
It's called Christmas by Accident. Maybe the library will have that, Lauren, since you couldn't Probably get the not, Christmas carol. Probably not, Leah has it. I have you it. I only have one copy, because that's how our library rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some recipes in the back of this book. I love it when books do that. Oh, there are. I was just looking at the Goodreads thing, and they had these quotes from the book, and they were all recipes, and they are... There's a mini peppermint chocolate cheesecake recipe in the back of the book. Uh, that looks amazing. Yes. You should try to make that and I will come and <laughs> test it All for right. you. That's a plan. I as well <laughs> will join I that. Like no, I just, I love it when books do that because it just adds to the experience. It just mm-hmm. it makes me yeah. happy. Um, I guess that is, I don't know the author, but um, speaking of recipes, we, my daughter and I read a book together called Bilal Makes Doll, D-A-A-L, and it's a um, a Pakistani recipe. And so I texted with Lauren's husband, who loves to make different foods from all over the world, and he's very adventurous in his eating. And I, we just were texting about this recipe and we ended up having a cooking day. So we made this recipe out of a kid's book, a doll recipe. And of course, he had to make some other stuff too. <laughs> um, so now this is like a new hobby. And I checked out a couple other books, children's books with recipes from the library. That's and awesome. It's really cute because my three-year-old is talking about doll and like, she wasn't a huge fan of it. But then we were reading these other books, like we should make these things. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. we should. So right. I just love that it's a cr- creating an interest in other cultures and foods. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so fun. It really and fun. I loved the doll. I thought I it did was too. Really good. I really liked it too. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Michael actually went after that and checked out some books from the library too. I think he has a Baobun one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I'm like, and I was looking at him like, these are so cute. I love it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm not reading anything new. I started rereading Harry Potter. Uh, last week, the the first book. Yes. Are you ready for the uh, reunion? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. But yeah, I haven't. I'm not. You guys know me. I don't like to reread books because I know the story. I don't need to reread it. But I started reading it and there's just so many little things that I forgot about. And I'm really enjoying this reread so far. So and for me, Harry Potter is christmasy you know like yeah i mean there's christmas happens in a lot of the books but especially the first book and i don't know i just i needed something to get me i needed something comforting right now mm-hmm. and so i was like what what do i have what do i have and i pulled that off the shelf so it's definitely doing its job of comforting Harry Potter me right is now. like going home yeah it's it's just a nice i don't know it's just it to me, Harry Potter is like all the feelings of Christmas mm-hmm. and friendship and comfort and coziness. And like, love and family. Yes. Yeah, it's just... And chosen and family. That's that's what I need right now. So that's what I'm doing. I like it. it sounds cozy and delightful. 
Well, thank you guys. This has been fun. It has, it has. been. I'm sorry I didn't read more. No, it's okay. It's I I know everyone was expecting so much from me. <laughs> well, uh, should we let the people know how to get in touch with, with us if they want to? You can email us, teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Team Friendship Podcast. We're on Instagram at Team Friendship Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Jedi Reader 1138. I am also on Instagram, Redheaded Reader. And I am also on Instagram at Mandy Malay Faux Reader. Well, friends, we will see you all on another time. And remember, friends, no two persons ever read the same book, ever. You. We read a lot of the same books, Leah. Because you're like oh, we best friends. Friend, we? Yeah. Should we just should we just talk about? <laughs> I know we're besties. <laughs> I would compare it to what's that show, Leah? Leah, you gotta give us. <laughs> you a little literally more said than like that. three words. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to read this other series. Okay. Well, that's Ben for the love All of right, book. We'll see you guys another <laughs> time. Uh, Leah's gotta go. She's got some reading to do. <laughs> okay, I need to start over. You got this. Are you guys currently reading anything? No, but I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're not reading the Christmas Carol. I've been reading The Christmas Carol for five years. <laughs> Marley was dead to begin with.